What's going on, everyone? Andres Gamboa here with another episode of the Ponytails Podcast 201. We did it. We crossed 200. Thank you all so much for listening and making it happen. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, if you guys didn't hear the episode 200, we did a compilation of all our favorite ponytails up to this point. So hopefully you guys go back and listen to that one because it'll be a blast. And it's a little different than the norm for our usual. We didn't have a guest. It was just all our funniest stories that we thought or most memorable stories that we had on the show so far up to 200. But on to new stuff. Next house, right? As we say. So if this is your first episode, let me tell you a little bit about what we do here. What the heck is ponytails? What does that even mean? Uh, we interview people who sold books door to door for a company called Southwestern Advantage out of Nashville, Tennessee. Now, the company has been recruiting college kids to do this during their summers between college years. And they go 80 hours a week door to door selling educational books and websites now to help families with homework or get prepped for college or get prepped for kindergarten. It's a mix. Now, every student that does this program, sometimes between 1,500 to 3,000 of them go each summer to do this. And often from Europe who also, you know, they come here and they go to different parts of the United States to do this. They get to travel to different parts of the country and have some wild experiences doing this. Some people sold for one summer. Some people have sold for 12 summers. Either way, we have them on the show to talk about their experience and see what they're up to now and how that experience has shifted and impacted their life at all or for the good, for the bad, for the ugly. So hopefully you enjoy. We've had a blast with some of these stories and it's been a really cool life-changing uh, experience for me. Hopefully you can go back and listen to some stuff and maybe something will resonate with you. But uh, my guest today, Lucas Salazar, whoop, whoop, out of the University of Iowa, originally from Portland, Oregon, which is where I am currently living. And he is also at, uh, was part of the power division back when we had two organizations, main ones back in the day in 2001, which was his only summer, 2001. Um, his favorite Ogmandino scroll is number seven. I will laugh at the world. And he is currently in performance. Max, he just put performing for what he's up to now. So I guess we're going to find out. We don't do much pre-approach on this. Uh, it's just a conversation between two people who did this crazy thing, uh, talking about shared trauma. So connection. Yay. We'll see you guys in a second when I'm back with Lucas. <laughs> Man, this is uh, this is an episode people should be watching instead of just listening. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just intro. This is one for video, y'all. <laughs> Good to be here, Andres. Thank you so much, Mr. Salazar. Sala, Salazar. Salazar, Mr. Lucas Briano Salazar. <laughs> Wait, what's your middle name? But I'm guessing I'm guessing you're Briano. Oh, Briano. I like that. Yeah, like Brian with an O and then sort of uh Latinified. <laughs> with the, with I'm the guessing theme. you get a lot of Andres just you go by Andres. Andres, Andre, Andrea. Just uh, the only time Andre. I really have a problem is when they say Andy. Because I'm like, if you call me Andy, I get to write my name with a Sharpie on the bottom of your left foot. That's that's the rule. <laughs> I get Luke a lot. And I, I don't, it's just not my name. So I don't I don't really like that too much. It's not like it bugs me, but it's not my name. Yeah. It's and my roommate's Andy? The hell? Andy, Andy and Luke here on the Book Selling Podcast. <laughs> Oh man, well, welcome to the show. I'm gonna drink some tequila, even though you're just having water. But here we go. Let me see a down one. Oh, dude, that's way too much. Okay, hold on. You want you me to do? Down you one? can do it, Andy. You can do it, Andres. <laughs> All right, here Senor we go. Gamboa. I may have put too much tequila on that one. Okay, here's a shot worth. Okay. All right. Are you gonna take a shot of water while we do yeah, this? Yeah, Amy, raise yours too if you're back there. Oh, nice. Is that? That's me. 
you somebody somebody for real yeah. that's really cool <laughs> all right gifts cheers Some to you bae. sir la raza or whatever viva la raza oh man that's kind of cool did you ever drink on the field yeah oh yeah my first summer i was on schedule second summer i was on schedule third summer no, not at all. <laughs> I was decidedly off schedule. How many how many summers did you sell? I haven't I haven't I don't know anything about oh, yeah. you. We don't know any of this. Uh we, we uh, four summers. I did four summers uh out of Nebraska. So I went to New York, Massachusetts, and then Vermont, New Hampshire, and Pennsylvania. When so, was that? What years? I sold uh 2012, 13, 14, skipped 15, came back for more, 16. You skipped and one and then went back, huh? Yeah, brutal. That's tough. Shouldn't That's like going that. back to the island. <laughs> I didn't I mean did it work out for the people in Lost? Did that work out or I don't know. I know they went back to the island. Did it work out for Andres Gamboa? Um yes and I mean it always works out, I suppose, one way or the other. It works out well, poorly, then it worked out for the people on the island too. I think so. They went to heaven or whatever. I think it was just what they were trying to that's way tangent, but, but yeah. You sold <laughs> in two thousand one. Yeah, I sold 2001. in two thousand one. And was, that was, was and it's two thousand twenty three now, so if we could have Amy do the math real quick on that one and get back to us for how far ago that was. Got to carry the two. 20 some years. Yeah. Flip that down and logarithmically, I think. We can look up at the math book to see what that is. The, your your alumni career is long enough to be drinking tequila with us. On the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you said, uh, 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 forgive me for, for taking the wheel here for a second, but you said this is Go replacing the Southwestern alumni program where they, where they perhaps aren't carrying the ball but perhaps may have fumbled it a while ago what do you mean do they did they have like a this legacy program that they were going to carry out that never did or just they never were going to um so from what this is what i understand thank you for asking by the way this is great thanks for asking um trey george used to do like he was like the head of alumni relations whatever the hell that means and then uh that went on to after he left i went on to becky bowman i think i'm saying that right bowman or bowman and then after Andy. she left it kind of just got like dropped um then after that the relationship between some alumni who did not leave uh in a when, and i don't know how you're like we'll talk about this but some people leave when they leave it's not like an amic it's not like a ghost poop where you don't have to wipe sometimes it's like a really messy runny dump out of i like how you're gonna say amicable but you were like let me make it relatable to this guy here it's like a ghost poop it's like a ghost poop. Some people leave like yeah. a ghost poop, no wipe, all good. And some people mm. it's it's chorros. And so um <laughs> and so those people didn't really have anything to do or want to have anything to do with Southwestern as a company, but uh they still like really got along with other alumni. Whenever they met alumni, they would be still jazzed about the fact that they had somebody to connect with that way. Um and so at first, this just was just like a hobby, but as we started doing this and the more people we got on, more episodes and stuff like that, we recognized that there was like this like desire for people or like interest in people to want to connect with other alumni, but nobody right. at the company was really doing anything. I mean, mm. it's actually really interesting, but suddenly, uh, last week, as of this recording, the first ever alumni newsletter came out from Southwestern. So in 150 <laughs> years, the first one came out a week ago for some reason so <laughs> they just wanted to accumulate enough alumni sure and now 160 yeah. years later they got it they hit their they're like i think heart. we have enough now so they they're start, which is cool to see they're starting to like try to build a relationship because there's there's some uh you know people out there with which 
not to judge, but there's like some Southwestern daddy issues out there um, that are, you know, that they're not really happy to deal with the company. But again, they love dealing with alumni because we're cool people. Southwestern daddy issues. S-W-D-I. That's right. Stewie. Stewie. Sweetie. Sweetie. But when you sold my man, you the Twin Towers were still up is what I was mentioning before we started. That's right. Yeah, we were going deep on just like uh, the history of the Taliban earlier on and talking about like, you know, was George Bush off the mark with like focusing on Hussein when when in the beginning it was Osama bin Laden. And Andreas had some great points. He was saying that it was an inside job and uh, he didn't he didn't see why the focus became on the Middle East and then all of all the Iraqi war. What were you saying about what were you saying exactly about the Republicans in general, though? You were like throwing uh, your fists around. It was really uh, throwing fists around is gentle a way to say it. I was having a tantrum, right? Really, more more than anything. Um, something, something, something. Trump. I don't know. Um, but you know, long live. Maybe, is that what you were saying? Something like that. And uh, living in Portland, it's difficult with that mentality. Really, it is. Yeah, you got to scream that into a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and then the pillow will yell at you going, I'm actually, yeah, address me with my pronouns. And you're like, all right. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. You that. can't speak freely into your pillow. These Has days. Portland always been like this? Thanks, Barack. I don't know, man. I've, I've been here since 2018. I imagine so, but it's certainly now the epicenter of um, certain political beliefs, which. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Who knows? Dude. It's a cool place to be because you're getting the 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 face full of that but it's it's comical at times it's comical at times. Yeah. i'd rather be here than somewhere that is this comically uh extreme on the other side nebraska <laughs> iowa um <laughs> is it yeah probably Texas. Yeah. <laughs> the south um the <sighs> yeah. the speaking of comical i do stand up and i was doing an open mic here in portland and right on I got, where i got i got a dose of it um i did a set at the helium uh a couple weeks ago are you doing classes uh, and then doing like a showcase or are you, are you beyond that? Are you doing, um, are you like I'm booking doing your like, own gigs? Uh, when I was in Lincoln, I was booking my own gigs. Then the pandy hit, which we've all heard, you know, and then um, that kind of got derailed and I moved here and I hadn't gotten started. So this was like the first time I've really like trying to intentionally started to get, pick it back up. Uh-huh. Um, I did an open mic at like a, I think it was called, it's like on 82nd and uh, I don't know, Flavelle. No, maybe further north. Anyway, it's some bar and, it was it's brutal sometimes because you'll start and like the host will say, all right, you know, a couple rules, five minutes sets and also no jokes that could be potentially offensive to someone in the audience. <laughs> like, and that, that wasn't in the pre approach that they gave you beforehand. No. And I was like, <laughs> what the? F- You're like, all right, well, no jokes that might be offensive. What kind of horse? So I that? got. So I got up on stage and I was like, all right, I was going to tell that Jew joke, but nope, there goes that. Um, there goes that joke about brown people. Here's that joke about white people. Um, Were they good okay, jokes, that's my though? time. Did they save oh, you? They're, they're oh, that's my time. You spent the whole that's time great. like, okay, no. Just crossing off lists. Yeah. But that yeah. was at that open mic. But then I went to the Helium and I actually did like my regular set and it was a blast. I mean, it was it was cool. So I'm going to try to keep doing that. And then my goal is to just keep doing that and eventually kind of like get to know some of the people in that in the scene in that spot and then try to get like a hosting gig there for when like big names come through which is what i was doing in uh omaha or getting to in omaha anyway nice i imagine helium would probably still put the brakes up on you know on some salacious material but i imagine they just have more trust because like an open mic anybody can get up there and a lot of people might just just say something 
outlandish just to say something yes. outlandish because I think that's what comedy is. I imagine at Helium they have a bit more trust in the people who are going to be up there, so they don't kind of like you can't yeah. say any of these colors and you can't say any of these directions. Yeah, or pronouns and stuff. Yeah, but here's the deal: like my stuff isn't even that offensive. It like the joke that the guy at the other place got mad about. I have a bit about uh, uh, how Ariel is the worst Disney princess, mm-hmm. and it goes into that. But before I like my intro to that is I am mad that they gave black people Ariel, not because she's black, but because she's the worst Disney princess. So it has nothing to do with like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like the setup. To kind of grab attention. Oh boy, the the host who was black did not enjoy my set. You're talking about at the um, open mic? At the open mic, not at the helium, but at the other place I did it. The one I the so one even was after like, no scrapping re- your offensive material and you had that left, using yeah. that, even that was too too much for him, too that hot was too much for the open yeah. mic. And by the way, that's my most offensive joke. If oh. you want to even call that offensive. And I'm like, that's whatever. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Portland. You know what I'm saying? Portland. It is. It is what it is. Well, but on the other keep, hand, the keep food doing is bombing. Portland, Portland. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad about it. I'm, I'm, I I understand. It's just new for me because where I came from in Lincoln, it was like <laughs> full <Yeah>. free speech. <laughs> we'll just say it that way. But anyway, um, let's roll back the clocks. Talk about you a little bit. Uh, 2001. When? How the heck did you first get into the into southwestern and the like what happened Ah, happened my boy i'm glad you asked so i had just i was living in mount pleasant iowa and uh my girlfriend at the time was going to the maharishi institute hold on it's like living in grand island of Nebraska. it's not grand or an island there's no mounts there's no pleasant iowa is that (laughs) that's true there there was a perk where you could hunt from but past that yeah the topography was pretty mounts is generous okay sorry you're your girlfriend. So my girlfriend goes to the Maharishi Institute of Management in Fairfield, and she introduces me to her friend Thane, who would like just that day got back from selling in uh, uh, I don't know somewhere, and so he had just got back, and I just met him, and I remember just like hearing the briefest idea, like they ran full speed from door to door, and they were fourteen hours a day, and didn't know where they were going to live. So I'd, like I heard the 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 finer points of it that made it sound like fake or weird or, or unintelligible, but pyramid, pyramid. I, I didn't even think that yet. I just like, this doesn't sound like, I think you're exaggerating everything you're saying. Uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't until I was uh, actively recruited by the gentleman thing where it felt, it felt like um, pyramid and just, just some of the grosser parts of capitalism, which it remains the feeling I can tell I left. And still, Robert Hicks, who was also, this was Eliab Cohen's first year, too. I don't know if you know him very well. I know you interviewed him, and I know he gave you uh, my number. He was a clown. Yeah. A good clown. A, good, a clown in a good way. And we were both clowns. But um, so after a while, like, I still wasn't sold on it. Every day I was like wishy-washy on it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then finally, I just decided I probably needed to make a, a big decision. So I said yes. And I'm glad I did it. Uh, I don't really dig the way they do business. I think they do well for a lot of people. But I think it's as predatory as sales can be a lot of times. But mm. I don't I don't, uh, I don't, don't dislike the time I had with it. And I took away good lessons from it. But, I mean, if I had I known what I was getting into fully, I wouldn't have done it. 
Whoa, tell me more about that. This is you're the first person that's really like spoken up about this so far, believe it or not. Mm. Um, from the from a, I mean, because there's like people on the web out there that I've invited to be on the show who are who are giving me this totally negative, not totally negative, but like they're predatory, they're like using words like that, but they don't want to come on and talk about it. I'm like, I mean, you're, everyone's more than welcome to, right? This is an open experience, it's an open yeah. platform for anybody's experience and from everybody's perspectives to just hear about what, how you view it because i'm interested in this sure. so what do you define give me give me some more details or can we can we chat about that sure uh predatory i i mean it, it sounds a bit extreme it's it's more like like any sales is your ultimately you don't really care if the person you're selling to needs your product you want to sell this product so whether it be like mm. the, the the people in the book field or or it's the with the manager trying to recruit this new fresh fish or it's that district sales manager trying to get them all in like you know they're selling you on the idea selling the sizzle and then and then they've got you and they kind of want what you can bring them financially so i think that along with the indoctrination of of the sales school is i mean there's so much <laughs> of that is like directly parallel with uh what some might consider cult-like or some might consider predatory or just like snake oil sales and it, you get wrapped up in it, man. The, like the the utter positivity. You know, they're replacing your language. You don't say this, you say this kind of thing. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like textbook cult stuff. That's that's what the, the Church of Scientology does. Um, and I'm sure any sales school does. But I just, I didn't agree with a lot of it. But I knew I needed to try something big. And uh, I mean, I walked out of there with dog shit for money. And interesting, it's fine. And I'm not, I, like, I imagine if I would have made more money, if the effort I would have put in would have yielded more money, then I would uh, have a different feeling on it, maybe. But hmm. I mean, it was you put in a lot of work, and the majority of people, I imagine, aren't hitting those numbers that they're telling you that you could make. So uh, I feel like you know they don't care who they're getting as long as they get that letter of credit, and then they've got a body in there, they're yeah. gonna get their nut. And good for them. I mean, if you're if you're a salesperson, if you're a sales company, and you present your product that well, then good for you. You've done what you meant to do. You yeah. probably upset and upturned a lot of people's summers, and you probably, without necessarily lying, you probably fooled and misled a lot of people. And that's sales. So, and that's capitalism. So good there for you, you go. for doing what the country is asking. Yeah. You. No, that's interesting. Cause, so a couple of things on this one, and this is not to, like I said, we, we remain pretty neutral to Southwestern in general because we see, you know, we, we've heard from just this experience of both sides of this, of this coin, right? But mm -hmm. um, I would say one, I think a lot of that's changed in the last four or five years. The leadership oh, yeah. in the, it, within, within the DSM world has definitely changed. So that is not the case as much anymore. Now, I've said that. So let me go into what you said. In the years between like 19, we're really probably up until... 2014 even there was that for sure like there's we you could easily say that Southwest is it a cult no but you could see it from there right they put the cult <laughs> in culture you know what i'm saying like it was you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. and there's no i mean people i wouldn't give them to, the credit of calling them a cult i would just no say that there's, no it's actually interesting i got a call well, there's like there's three people now that have contacted me who are doing cults one of them is like studying cults and their master's program some girl like messaged me and was like or some woman messaged me and was like hey i'm doing this and someone and they're like can i you. see the scrolls of augmandino real quick i just want to cross-reference <laughs> some things 
we found yes. some scrolls underneath the rock of Prudential and <laughs> at, at Landers Plaza. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's, uh, uh, I wonder if this is actually a theme. I haven't really talked to that many people who sold in like the early 2000s, especially as their first initial years. Mm. I've talked to a lot of people who sold in the 90s, a lot of people who sold in the late 08s, like, like 07, 08, or 09 and later, but like that, the early 2000s where this seemed to be the most, I'm just going to call it toxic part of yeah of southwestern's run um not many people have come on to the show that sold in that era and so um we've had some but but i feel like during that time frame that you're speaking of that's why it's because a lot of people were like really burned in a not you know in a in a in a, in a really could be really detrimental traumatic way that then ended up really resenting the company for a lot of reasons justifiably right and so then mm-hmm. it's they they had the same taste in their mouth like you do. The Kool-Aid was nice, but the aftertaste, brutal. Um, and so I'm glad that you're sharing this because this perspective is important. There is something to be said about this because there's a part of the alumni community that understands what you're talking about. And it resonates through really a lot of the people that we've talked to on the show. It's just not everyone felt it as strongly or it wasn't as clear to them as yeah. that. So when you were you were you aware like when when did you first become aware of that like when did you first realize oh this is i wh- when did you first feel like this was it during before after or like well i'll everything i'm going to say i'll preface with like you know i sold that one year so my perspective only only points to my experience and maybe like oh, yeah. the people who i knew each year so uh but yeah, i that's fair. like so robert hicks who was the dsm was he had a bow tie, I think a gold tooth. Like if you were going to draw a snake oil salesman, like a bamboozler, you know, like uh Lyle Landley on the Simpsons who came and sold him the monorail. If you were going to draw someone, he would be That's who you would draw. Episode. Right. Uh, we sold books in Ogdenville and uh, you know, he had a thick Southern accent. He had all these Southern isms and like, was just, just like oozing with like trying to charm you sort of thing. And, Again, that sales, and I'm sure that works for a lot of people. Um, but I I imagine once I once I got the letter of credit, because they were always saying you got to get that letter, nothing, nothing matters till you get the letter of credit. And they're super nice to you leading up to the letter of credit. But once someone else's ass is on the line for the money, then they can like start getting a bit like a bit more like, okay, now we're not trying to sell you on anything, we're gonna make our nut here. So that's that's what I re- like, that's when the shift came. Uh mm where I thought, okay, it's, it's, uh, they're not as nice anymore. And then I think just like through experiencing it, like I, I, I wasn't like smart enough to have this premonition of like, wait a minute, something's afoot just in doing it. Uh, seeing the, the work we were putting in and really like, I just, I happen to not really like a lot of the, what are they field managers? Is that the, like the, the people were selling books who were with you? I just didn't like a lot of them very much. And it seemed like a lot of people who like love the movie Boiler Room and probably like loved Wall Street or something. And it wasn't it wasn't my scene. And I'll never I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a bad company. I'm not going to say that, like, they lied to me. Even <clears throat> I, I can get bamboozled by a good salesperson. And when I find myself in that position, I just I uh, I could see where I feel like, oh, I, I was misled here. This question was answered in a certain way to sell me. And that's that's how it goes. So I don't blame yeah. anybody. And I'm glad I went through it. Like, I, I'm glad I didn't quit. But I'm also glad I didn't go back. I always think about at the at the end of the summer. When you're when you're doing all your turning in your tickets and shit, 
I remember the the, dis, the Robert Hicks, St. Lucas. Why, why should I allow you to come back next summer? And that was kind of like the last draw. I was like, why should you allow me to come back? Get you out of shouldn't. here. Yeah. <laughs> And, no, that, that, and that sort of cockiness in it was like, come yeah. on, guys, just get over yourself. Hey, guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, these are people who all sold books, and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in a spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. So that's, that, yeah. And so, so money-wise, and it just seemed like, it was going to be the leads, which I wanted to go back to that because you mentioned this. And that's another thing that maybe Southwestern people don't understand is leads. And that's kind of like you're saying, basically, imagine you show up to a town to sell books. You send a postcard out to every single family that has kids in school or young children, asking them if they struggle with any of the following subjects, yes or no. <laughs> would you be interested? In, would you be interested in hearing about a product product that might help you with all those subjects, yes or no, name and address. And then you just waited at your HQ for like a couple of weeks. And then you got in the mail, like 700 people returning that postcard saying, come to my house. Here's where I live. Hi, are you the mom of the house? Yes. And we've heard of you. Great. Yeah. Is this Let's your handwriting, Miss Betty? Yeah, that's my yeah. handwriting. Yeah. You got a few minutes. It's again, you're not selling every single lead that you sit down with, but the leads is kind of what interested me because that that kind of anxiety feeling that I talked about at Southwestern yeah. and the anxiety I had with Family Heritage, I honestly didn't think that was going to go away, but it it has. It's it's gone away when I sold. Now, I still had a little bit of anxiety, but after that first knock, it goes away. But much less anxiety every week because I knew I have fresh leads coming in, and so even if this day doesn't work out, I know I got. Typically, our agents will get anywhere from 25 to 50 leads a week of people that they can go and, and call on. I want people to understand what it is that you do, how you do it, why you do it, all of the good stuff. You hear a lot about coaching. You hear a lot about life coach, sales coach, business coach, yada, yada, coach, 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 coach. Man, I think just to start off like what it isn't, it's not training. It's not showing up and yeah. having somebody talk at you for 45 minutes to an hour. And like the way that I look at it is we're all human beings. We're all broken in some capacity. And we all know a lot of the people that I work with, they know what they're supposed to be doing. They're just not executing on it or they're not doing it as intentionally as they should be. Um, or they're, they're just not focused. They have like 15 different goals or 15 different things that they're trying to balance or do. And because of that, like they're not as intentional as they should be at home or they're not as intentional as they should be at work. And they're not picking up the phone and calling people. And it's like, it's like having a personal trainer for your, your business. It's having intention on why we do what we do every day and creating clarity and helping to build our lives and our calendars around what our future goals and intentions are. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. Yeah, see, and that's, like I said, like I said, that's something that's changed a ton and where it's like, now it's like, hey, you shouldn't come back. Like they'll tell people straight up, like, hey, you, you're, you're done. <laughs> because so, because which, of the way they performed? Well, uh, yeah, I think, I think what's happened, and we can talk more in detail about this if you, if you know, just to talk about this, but I think what ended up happening is 
the company started turning over is what happened. Like the DSMs that were there when you were there and through like 2015 started kind of leaving, moving on. And so then the younger generation started moving up and becoming DSMs and they heard and witnessed a lot of their friends kind of quit and have this bitter feeling. Mm. So there was a change demanded, right? There was like, Hey, we can't, we just bring people out for the sake of having a body out there to just right. knock on the door. Uh, cool. Now I will say that's not across the company yet. But there is definitely like, and maybe I'm over speculating here, but I, it feels to me from what I understand that there's like a house divided where there's still the old school way of thinking about it in a lot of different organizations within the company. But then there's like a whole different group of people that are like, no, like, well, we should let people go that aren't, that this wasn't for them. Like you can tell there's also uh, less people going out that you can definitely tell shouldn't go out, you know, because this is, this is the case for me. Like my first summer, second summer, even there was kids that were coming out in our org that I remember thinking like this, how did this person get selected? Quote unquote selected, right? Like uh, it, it was like, you shouldn't be here. Cause they got a letter of credit. Yeah. Right. And so that was the case. And, and within, even when I was there, there's still other organizations that I remember they would say things like you're saying, like what we should ask people, like why we should allow them to come back. And in my head, I'm like, that is so cheese, right? The, the whole sales technique that they train is this buying atmosphere where, you know, you let people choose to say no if they want to, right. When they're selling the books, but it's like, where is that internally? Where are we telling our kids that are coming back? Hey, it's totally cool if you leave. Right. Because Yeah. That's it wasn't that no. there was the answering rebuttals thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm you, Mr. Fan. I understand Mr. how you family. feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know how you feel. Yeah. I Let feel me draw on this notebook. Why you shouldn't leave? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that is from what I understand, like, I was in a weird place because I started in 2012 and ended in 16. So I kind of watched this transition from the one end, what you experienced to the other. Cool. And so when I left, I was like, oh, hopefully. In my opinion, the only way that the company can survive is if, if it makes those changes, because the problem is social media is real now. And so uh-huh. you have all the if you like literally YouTube Southwestern Advantage, the first like two or three videos are people telling like, this is why I got scammed. This is why Southwestern is a cult like and the I mean, when you were doing it, they could get away with that because nobody, you know, nobody was posting on Instagram about how shitty their experience was. Right. Um, this is a cult. The very first video says the first this yeah. is a cult. Yeah, exactly. So like yeah. that's a problem that they have to. That's not my issue, right? That's their issue. And in order to f- avoid that issue, they got to change. They got to evolve to be not predatory, like you're saying. Because I 100 agree with what you're saying. Those things were real, and I knew of other DSMs. Um, not mine, pr- thankfully not mine. But there's other DSMs that I knew of the company, other friends that I had that when they left, they had the exact same things to say that you did, and so. It's for sure a problem. It was for sure a problem even more so. But I think, because, like I said, because of social media, because of the fact that people can just go post and share this and it gets shared really quickly, I think that they're it's kind of forcing their hand to be like, yo, we need it. This has got to be different. Otherwise, we're going to – the PR is just not going to be able to be uh, contained, right, on that. That makes that sense. Front. Yeah, you have to, like, you have to uh, adjust your curtain once the curtain's been, like, peeled back by yeah. social media or anything. YouTube. <laughs> by youtube YouTube. yeah that's like what (laughs) wwe did man they had to change their whole business model from like keeping kayfabe to go to wrestling for a second like keeping keeping the believability like the undertaker is an undertaker or anything like this like now the social media is everywhere they have to go they have to roll with that punch and go okay well these are real people with characters yeah so everybody check it out and be part of it now engage with the people on social media like like they they rolled with it and that worked and i imagine because when i was when i was with southwestern the 
maybe once did I hear anyone say like, why can't I just use the internet? Like that's how not widespread it was and not how not ubiquitous it yeah. was. Now I'm, I mean, they must've changed what they're doing, right? They're not, are they still like yeah. selling just books? No, it's, it's like web-based stuff. I mean, the books are still part of the menu, but it's largely a lot also based on web, web stuff. Tell me in a nutshell, what's Southwestern selling now? I can't imagine. Um, it's, it's, it's more like cliff notes for homework now it used to be like reference guides right? Use reference stuff. <laughs> yeah but now it's more like cliff notes where it's like it's like khan academy but a little bit more focused a little bit more and more uh direct um and they've also partnered the the last thing i sold that i was like this is a sick product like actually was like i had a lot of conviction in this which is probably why i sold that the most was they partnered with the princeton review for the sat sat act sat prep course which is like a really legitimate Princeton Review is a pretty legitimate pre-training course, but TBR, what they did is, yeah. yeah, instead of instead of like having a, the student go to the classroom and take the course, they basically did a CD format for like a third of the price, and then just had it be a at-home thing. So for kids who were really disciplined and really had the means, which were the kids that were interested in being better in the SAT anyway, mm. um, they can do it at home and proctor the exams with their parents and that stuff. So that was a really cool. Uh, product that i'm like this is like legit nice like the other set of books it just pick pick your poison for as far as the family goes some kids would totally use it some wouldn't and that was part of the deal that you yeah. always knew that when you sold something it's like there's a chance they won't use this and they just spent 400 bucks but I, the way I, I was I, I was fairly certain that anybody i sold to you know one out of 20 would maybe use it the rest of them i just like they're bad with money and i i i, I did a good sales pitch Absolutely. When it, and it's a good sales pitch. But at the end of the day, it's like, all right, now they have these paperweights, which is great. Um, mm. Better than some baseball bat that might never get. It's the same thing. People spend money on dumb shit anyway. So, um, But no, back to what you were saying from, from the standpoint of like, why should I allow you to stay? That That's such a, I mean, you say that, I'm like, oh, like, because <laughs> like, I remember that feeling um, and, and hearing about this and going, oh, I can totally see and hear that. And when... You hear that? Every day, man. Every day in my city. <laughs> it's probably it's probably some unhoused person that's yelling at some lady with a baby in a park. It um, may be. Well, I'm happy to hear the cops out at all. Honestly, yeah. Um, but this this is fair. Um, but I so I hear what you're saying about that. When I haven't asked about this, but I, I'm curious to hear why are you glad you did this? Like, what what was it? What made it worth it for you? Uh, good question. I, I mean, I think some of like the overarching ideas that it promotes that I was able to make my own ones, like solve your fucking problem. Like if you're out there, solve your problem yourself. Uh, of course, mm -hmm. that's sort of like that's pushed anywhere, but you know, in, in the book field, you were just, you sort of had to do that. Like there's no one there. You got to figure out how to do it. And like when I was selling, I would live with two other people, two other people, and one person had a cell phone and I wasn't one of them. So like you couldn't, couldn't ring someone up real quick. Couldn't check anything. Like you just had to solve your problem. And there were times when there were, uh, you know, little issues to, to deal with that you had to, I think it also, I mean, I, for probably the first half of the summer, like I worked like I was supposed to, I, I kept the hours I was supposed to, uh, pretty regimented. And that's hard work. And that definitely like it was yeah. a sense of pride doing that. Uh, it definitely gave me a sense of I could, you know, talk to anybody. 
I suppose whatever that gave me, whatever whatever I could talk to anybody since that gave me has worn off, but I've gotten that other in other ways. And I mean, it's an experience like no other. It's 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 that's a pretty niche experience <laughs> that I'm happy to have gone through, and uh, that always feels nice. It's a good story. It's a lot of good stories. But overall, I, th- I think like the, the the positivity thing of it, which was a little bit gross, was helpful. Yeah. But the just like solve your problems, you know, figure it out was a uh, was a nice one as well. Yeah, and because I, mean, I did it, it and like didn't quit. I like that, too. Uh, why didn't you? It sounds like it would have been you. You, you sound like the prime person to have been like, fuck right. this. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> like what? Probably now I would. I guess I had a bit more persistence in those days and. I had like confused enough people by saying like, I'm going to go do this. Who were like, what, why this sounds weird. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I'm just, I'm just going to go that it would have been a knock on my pride and maybe my integrity to like quit in the middle of it. A number mm-hmm. of people did quit. I just, I didn't really think of that as an option. I would definitely think of it as an option if I did it with the mindset I have now. But at that time I was like, Oh, okay. Only, only eight more weeks to go. or only seven more weeks to go. And then I'll be done. So I didn't really think of it as an option. And that's not like mm-hmm. a, testament to my gumption or anything like that i just didn't never considered it an option no that's fair yeah i don't think it was a good option for me either i just was like i might as well just finish. i mean it's just three months it's really not that long you know relatively to like life so yeah. it's just like i wanted to go yeah. to cancun did you make did you make the sizzler trip did you do what, enough what's funny is that like uh, on these little these little bits of of uh pushing i was like however many units it takes to get to the sizzler trip. I was like one set of books short. So Robert no. Hicks had me buy a set of my own. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess that's a good idea. The sizzler was fun though. That was all, yeah, that was all cocaine. Cheap cocaine. Cool. Yes. Mexican, which is probably Colombian. Honestly, it sucked, man. Like the, the sizzler trip though, that sucked. <laughs> that like, really? We, Yes. Well, because first of all, I I wasn't a big clubber, and that's all it was. We're going on the booze cruise tonight, and tonight we're going to the Coco Bongo Club, and then tomorrow we're going to the, like the whole thing was like let's go drink, which seemed to be everybody's you know prime directive there. Which I get it, like we're a bunch of just horny, energetic college, college students. Yeah, why not do that? But uh, so I didn't go on most of those. I just got a lot of blow from the taxi drivers, and the last night we were there, there were a lot of reports of employees at the hotel like coming into people's room they came into my room once like i was laying in bed he, they opened up the door and i was like hey oh, hey what's going on man he's like oh i'm just going around telling people to lock their doors and i'm gullible so i was like oh gosh thank you very much yeah i'll lock it They're but the last <laughs> yeah the last night we were all out at whatever club and we got back and fucking the entire floor's rooms had all been robbed no and i don't know like my video way. camera was gone some cash some passports oh, but, like shit. the entire wing of this uh of this place and like i think they'd spot robbed us you know throughout the week but like that last night they got everybody so the next so everyone's freaking out the next morning we're supposed to leave and i remember eliab who you interviewed earlier i I think his dad was a real businessman so he kind of took the bull by the horns and he was at the front counter saying like i want you to call all the employees who were here last night bring them here and ask them where our stuff is and essentially they were like all right you guys are leaving and a half hour. You guys are leaving the country in a half hour, and we're never going to see you again. Yeah, we'll get we'll Sorry. get right on that. Yeah, lates guys. <laughs> so that was a bit that that, that wow. left a bitter taste in my mouth for like Cancun, or more like the the American experience in Cancun. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so overall, the Sizzler trip was like it, Mexicans, it, man. I'm just kidding. It wasn't my uh, wasn't my vibe, but you know, I I I wanted to go on it. I chose to go on it. That's cool. interesting. Well, if you come to Bizzler, you won't get robbed. I promise. We stay on much. Yeah, nice what's resorts. Bizzler? Bizzler is uh, an idea that uh, a lot of people had tried to do, but uh, thanks to uh, just the platform that we're able to build for this, we were like, hey, we're going to go on uh, like a nice alumni reunion, just hanging out with a bunch of people, having fun, just chilling. Nothing to the intention is not to go get hammered. It's just more to those to hang out with alumni. So this is an alumni reunion, not- but in Cancun. Um, well, is it always last year was Cancun? No, last year was the, our first ever one was last year was in Cancun. This year we're going to Jamaica. So, so you're still going? Yeah, we're putting it on. We we put it on. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. Well, how neat. Hell yeah, yeah. Feel free to come. I'll I mean, buying atmosphere here. Why should I allow you to come? <laughs> well, because I work hard <laughs> and I hit steak day. And like, you know, like I got my Mort tattoo and my Og tattoo and my Roger Sipe tattoo. Do you guys, is Sipe still part of it? Of the, the whole gestalt? Uh, Sipe's moved on. He's actually done an episode with us. It was a great episode, actually. Really? Um, yeah. He, was, he was probably my, he was definitely my favorite part of the, no. He was one of my favorite parts of sales school. I liked, I liked his energy. I remember, yeah, I remember the gate fun. philosophy. I can't remember what it was, but it, uh, but my favorite part was all those old videos of um of Ronald McDonald. Lee. What was it? More Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 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 story he told about a kid having like he was selling puppies, I believe. Do you know the story yeah. I'm talking about? Oh yeah, B- thinking big. That's the story of thinking big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, like. Yeah, you got to think big. So just come up with the worst business plan you can <laughs> and just get screwed over. Take a couple $5,000 cats. I can't find That's that right. anywhere online, though. I can find the, oh, this manure, there must be a pony. I found that one, but I can't, fi- I can't find the puppy one. It's there. They have the full keynote address on the Southwestern YouTube channel. Ooh, really? Yeah. You've got to have positive expectations. That's right. Yeah, that's so good. That's a good. That Ron McDonald, why... the Colonel, the Colonel. That's why I meant because he's got the white suit. He's got the white suit. Now, in in an abstract form, that's where our name comes from, Ponytails, as you can probably guess. But um, because there's gonna be a pony somewhere. And what about I think that tricycle? Sure, it's probably gonna break. We fall down, break my arm. Dude, oh, man. that's so good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was awesome. You know what would be fun to do is to put more than that keynote speech in like a in like an AI and then just have it say things <laughs> like we can have we can have more say do our ads. <laughs> Maybe I can just redo his keynote speech and then you can put it on your yeah. site. Dude, do it. We should we should that should just be an episode. Where we just have we just do transcribe it and just have you read it and you just do the whole. <laughs> you got Mort Utley's grandson Blanc Utley. The entire lineage was just named after automatopias of some portion. <laughs> this is Scork, Plap, Doof, and Squash, and, and Squash Utley. <laughs> oh my God! Did Amy so sell good, books? Man. Amy is there, right? Did Amy no, sell books? No, she did not. She's our. Oh, gee, this must be super exciting for Amy. 
It's wild. Well, actually, Amy's kind of our litmus test to see how good this podcast could do once we're kind of bigger. I mean, I have dreams, right? You can only dream. But in my head, like, if point, like, listen, if if Tiger King can become a worldwide success for the craziest story ever told so far, mm. then the stories that we get from people sharing this can be like, this could be like kind of that niche thing where it's like, it's just so outlandish. The fact that people do this job that I like that a normal person is just like, wow, this, this is fascinating. You know do you ever make, like, comp- do you make compilations of these? Like craziest stories or grossest stories or, or most uplifting stories. Like do you, do you do those ever? Uh, our last episode as of after this recording will be like our 200th episode was, I should say now that this is out by the time this is out would be was um that well we'll take like the craziest stories i mean we've had some banana stories on here man which yeah. i was gonna ask you about you said you had a bunch of stories from your first from your first and only summer uh of course your ponytail i would like at the end but i want sure. i was gonna open up i would just open up that like some of the craziest memories that you had if you wanted to share those but to answer your question yeah we that's in the works of like we have just so you know the average episode is like an hour and a half to two hours and we've had mm-hmm. 201 now so you can imagine Goodness. the amount of content that we can use to recap some of these crazy. And that's actually our project for this quarter and into uh second quarter is like, just go pull from these and just try to find the funniest, craziest ones, just to kind of like throw shorts out there and have them be like, our, you know, sizzle getting attention, getting, do you got uh, any sponsorship videos. or anything? Are you getting, are you getting paid from yeah. this? Yeah. Yes, sir. We have, uh, as of now, well, as of, by the end of this season, we would have ended with six total sponsors. By the beginning of season nine, it'll be probably more. We just, it just, um, and all of them are alumni. So what happened was we got big enough where people started reaching out, just random companies to be like, hey, you have enough viewership and you're getting enough attention. We'd like to like have you feature our product or we'll pay you to say in a 30 second spot about this. And that's when I knew I'm like, oh, we got something good going. Nice. And then instead of accepting those offers, we just went back towards the alumni community and some of the previous guests that we've had and said, hey, would you like to promote like your company or whatever your product is on here? And they were like, yeah, because our audience is obviously mainly pretty niche to Wait, instead alumni. of the sponsorship, you just asked the yeah. alumni like, like, like to price match them or something or what? No, I just basically I wanted I was like, if I'm going to like promote something i'd rather promote a, an alumni who's doing a really cool thing in the community or somebody who's doing a really cool thing oh so the just, companies that approach you you were like that's a great idea no thank you but hey do you guys want to yeah. promote yeah ah. so so all our sponsors are either uh like so for example one of them is southwestern real estate uh which pat roach shares our view like i said you know how there, i said there was like a split camp of like mm-hmm. how we should He's are you the, old this, school Pat Roach or are you new school Pat Roach? He's new school. Okay. <laughs> Pat is very new school and he believes in what we're doing. He believes in the transparency of this, which is one thing I told all other people. Where I was like, hey, look, for, before you sponsor us, make sure that you enjoy. And so he, he, Pat listens to every single episode. He's a big fan. So he was a fan first before he was a sponsor. Um, another one is Cardinal Senior Benefits. And they're like, Quentin Roberts is the main guy spearheading that, but he's like, they do insurance. They're not related to Southwestern in any way, but they were like, Hey, this is really cool. And like, we believe in what you're doing. We want to pay to like, just talk about what, what we're doing here. And so cool. as long as they're somehow involved with an alumni, we, and they want to pay us, we'll do an ad or we'll do a collaboration or some sort of thing for them. And that's how we've ma- been able to monetize. And I feed my dogs this way, which Great. is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I imagine I Southwestern say, alumni, especially new school folk, 
probably come up with some good business ventures and there's probably some some success going on there and a good place to look for uh for, for, um sponsors yeah one of them well, is uh the, we've been talking to uh dave rosen about maybe partnering with us because he's running the cannabis company now here in really like, in vegas and in bend yeah by the way if you go to bend check out, check out jenny's is a is a dispensary out there in jenny's uh in jenny's bend, in bed see dave Ro the guy who recruited me thane farrier his manager was dave rosen and he always had so many good things to say about him he always yeah, said he, he was, was a stud. He was, yeah stud. like nine seasons i think something like that yeah he's a stud and he not seasons, like nine summers summers yeah uh he ended up working for the clintons then he got arrested oh. got arrested yeah because he was their campaign fund manager and ended up he was innocent, but the people who like he kind of got was a fall guy, and he was able to prove his innocence in court. And he, he was like the ticker symbol on CNN for a while there in two thousand three. <laughs> it was bananas, bro. It was nice. good. He Andy told press us, is good press. <laughs> and he presses good press. And now he runs a cannabis company, and it's fucking wild. It's pretty cool. Way to go, Dave um, Rosen. I've heard your tales. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, these are people who all sold books, and we're here to give a quick shout-out to them in the spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert, excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors, and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. That's yeah. okay. And actually, and this is good to, uh, I had Nick kind of explain this a little bit too, but it's in, cause I've been in the insurance industry before for people who are listening, like, how do you make 115% commission? The way I explain it to people is the insurance companies we represent. So we're a broker. All these companies we work with, they know they're not really going to be making any money off the sales that I make for the first several years, but they don't care right. about that. They, they know these clients are going to be on the books for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So no, they know they're going to make money over the long haul. And so part of the reason agents are able to make so much is there's all these companies out here and they're all competing for, for my, the broker's business because these companies don't actually have their own in-house sales force. They have independent contractors. And so if their if their compensation or their commission levels that they offer aren't competitive, I'm not going to place any business with them. Hero, hero, off schedule moment. Wanted to tell you about Southwestern Real Estate. They're 99% drama free, only 99, not 99.9. So it's a bit spicy. Kind of like this episode. Anyway, they will learn you to kick ass at real estate. So make sure you guys click a link below, get in touch with them. Okay, back to work. Bye that'll do for now like i said make sure you click below to get some more information and now back to the show yeah there you go um but anyway okay so so let's uh let's see. i want to hear some of your favorite stories or some of your like most memorable stuff but save your best one for the ponytails because i want to talk about these stories then we'll talk about what you're up to now then the ponytails is that cool sure eye on the clock yeah none of mine uh you know they were they were fun for me because they were personal but I've, I've heard a lot of stories that mine don't compare to i remember my very first customers uh eric scoltons i sold like an 80 dollar not the mufu but do you know the books i'm talking about the the mufu like the my fun with words and stuff you know those me's? do What's i that? know the mufus yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i didn't know if they were still going because like there was like three but there was like the power library one two three there's the mufu and then there was one in the middle ask me's yeah in the so explorer the, there was two there was like a level up there was like two of them Something yeah i like sold that. him that 
thought that was great. And then I was in Owensboro, Kentucky. Now I kept telling everybody when I would, you know, when I would sell it and we were writing down the receipts thing, I'd always say birthplace of John Brennan. John Brennan, of course, the country singer, the 18-year-old country singer on The Real World 2 Los Angeles, the second season of The Real World, of which I've seen all the episodes many times. I didn't even know it was the birthplace of Johnny Depp at the time. I should have said that. Uh, it's also uh, some race car driver's birthplace, Waldrip or Dick Waldrip, whatever. But it was a, it was a, Dick I had never Waldrip? seen. No, no, Dick Trickle is, is a, I was thinking it was him, but it was some Waldrip or something like that. That's Either a funky way, name. A very unfortunate name. Yeah. Very yeah. unfortunate name. Sorry. I imagine sorry. it's a stripper name. Dick Waldrip. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember there was a very. There was some real poverty there, and there was some real, there was some illiteracy there. There was some poverty. There was some just like some shanty areas, man. I, I hadn't seen that before. I was still pretty sheltered at that time. Um, but like running into running into families where like the the dad couldn't read and and would aggressively not want the books and not want my sales pitch because he wouldn't say it, but like they couldn't read there. I, I had never seen that before. That was pretty eye-opening. Um I got to a point like where I just I couldn't just couldn't do the pitch anymore. I didn't want to. This happened like the second half of my summer where I just I started being like I can't I can't I can't anymore. And my my sales started dipping after that. But I would tell the name would get longer. But I would tell people that I was part of like the the Owensboro City Commission welcome wagon, and I needed to talk to them about their lawn ornaments. That was one I would do a lot. Because they'd be like, I don't want any. I was like, oh, I'm actually not selling anything. I'm with the Owensboro City Commission Welcome Wagon. I just need to talk to you about your lawn ornaments. If you can come out here real quick. And then I'm like, oh, I got to come up with something. <laughs> so there'd, like, there, there'd be like a gnome here and an, and two gnomes here. I remember as like, this is City Commission just has a, has a new ordinance where right now you've got too many lawn ornaments. So you have to you have to take one away. And they're like, well, why would I have to do that? Across the street, they have four. And I'm like, oh, shit, they do have four. Well, see, they've got two on the left and two on the right. You can have even numbers, but you've got one on the left and one on the right. And just for a symmetry thing, the city commission really needs you to either get another one or take away one of these. Or I tell them I had a check for him. There was one woman I told, and this was mean because like sometimes I would just do it to people who didn't know any better. But I was like, Owensboro is looking to get your support to make the city of Owensboro two stories. So we're going to have a second story of Owensboro for all of our shops and all of our parking lots and all of our businesses. And the first floor will remain residential and uh, and with our driveways and parkways. And they would just say, I just don't think that's appropriate. I think, hey, I, I, I'm just here that's on behalf so of the city. Good. I love that. Like, you come walking, up with that. That is so good. dude. That's so just, you got a lot of time out there to come up with things. <laughs> and I knew I would come away from those being like, maybe that could have been a sale, but I feel better about myself and it just i feel happier and better having done what i just did as opposed to another just like hey you gotta push it out. pick up the bag there it is yeah, right. pick up the bag you walked his feet still there do you knock on doors and still step back three times and turn sideways because i still do and it's i think weird. i do yeah 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 <laughs> I, I think of it as like non-threatening yeah and it still works i mean it's actually <laughs> Get this. So. Oh, Mrs. Joe's hot. I'm that good looking college kid who's been talking to all the families in Owensboro about the power volume one, two, and three. Uh, like the ferries down the way. They got Danny Christian in third grade. Or Micah down the road. He's just about to start middle school. Anyway, I pause on talking so fast, but I got about 400,000 fucking families got to talk to today. Got a place where we can sit down? <laughs> that about right? 
that's you nailed it dude you gotta if you're listening to this you gotta you gotta just watch this on youtube go you go go to our youtube or on spotify you can watch the video because your your physical uh comedy is as good as your <laughs> as your vocal bro that's good stuff man uh wow that's that's great that's so good uh my wife and i are about to buy a house on like 87th and harney like so lens which is not you know <laughs> It's the brave side of 82nd. Yeah. Yeah. The brave side of 82nd up and coming. We'll just call it that. But it's a nice house. And it is, you can see the turnover. But because of that, we went, I was like, hey, do you want to just go door to door and ask the neighbors if there's like what the crime rate has been like here? Like if they've experienced any like break ins or anything? Because, you know, Portland and like half a mile down the road, there's like a couple of RVs, not the RVs that people are listening to think of, but the Portland RVs where you're like, oh, these are not mobile. That's not right? going to leave for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so she's like, yeah. So we go, go door to door. And again, my wife didn't sell books. So I knock, step back three times and she's like standing next to me. And again, this is the first time I've had someone following me, quote unquote, follow me since I sold. So I'm like, what are you, you got to back up. You got to back up. <laughs> what are you doing? She's like, why are you turning sideways? I'm like, just, okay. God damn it, honey. Just let me do this. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, babe, just okay. Come on. <laughs> like, and we went. She and after that, we got back in the car and we talked to a couple of neighbors. So it turns out the neighborhood's pretty safe. But we, we got back in the car and she's like, "So why do you turn sideways?" And I'm like, "Well, then." So like, it was just a really interesting thing to explain. <laughs> yeah, just explaining all this. Oh man, just why? Why? Why just, was? Why was the the sideways turn? Was that so? You weren't. It wasn't. It was less aggressive. Yeah, part of it. So basically, most people are going to just look at the window or like the side window, not just through the people, maybe sometimes, but like there's like uh-huh. usually like a little side window. And the idea is that if you're like st- straight out facing forward, you're just kind of like awkwardly, like especially if you make eye contact with them. Now it's a right. really weird situation. So you're turned sideways so that they have the opportunity or the choice to open the door and talk to you instead. Right. So, just, so they talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, you're just kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, open your door. Yeah, it's like weirdly weird. Yeah, just like I'm that. in college. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to base for school. You have kids. I, I remember like a couple of the my 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 uh, field, not my direct manager, but the one who was one step up. His name is Zach Boucher, and he was the cockiest asshole I'd ever met. Man, he was such a pud. But he he wanted us to like pud, yeah. And he had us do these. Um, or he he had some ideas for like silly things we could do at the door when they answer the door, and maybe maybe this is maybe this is southwestern wide, but like one of them was like kind of fall over when they open the door, which I was like, why the fuck would I fall over when they open the door? That's not gonna make them feel like I'm, I'm respectable. <laughs> Another one was like if they got flowers around, like snip the flowers and kind of stick your butt up. That one I could kind of see making sense. But we had this dude who was selling with us. I think his name is John Williams, but he was he was a pretty burly guy, like six two, six three. Really, really deep voice, no charisma, just kind of talk like this all the time. But he would always do the the fall over thing. But because like he had no charisma and no animation in his face, it just looked so strange to have this tall, beefy guy like stand there and then they open the door, kind of fall over, and then without even giving any sort of smile, it's like, "Hi, oh, man, my name is John, and I'm call- I'm living college here, been talking." And so like the first second and a half, you're like, "What?" Did you just go offline for a second and shut down? What are you doing? And I thought maybe you shouldn't. 
the window sound of the shutdown. Yeah. Boom. I couldn't do any of that. And I remember, like, they would always say, like, hey, everybody, you know, 355, do a somersault or something like that, no matter where you are in the demo. I never did that. And I still, to this day, I'm like, I wonder if anybody else did. I I I imagine some did. Did you? I did that shit. My brother and I would do it. Three o'clock roll. Three o'clock. But we didn't do that. We didn't do the roll. What we would do is at three o'clock, be like, and weirdly enough that you'd be on a sit down and it instead we'd go one second and just go to the front door open it would go ah just yell real loud and then sit back down and then mr just be like what you know you could see there i'm like i don't know my brother and i just yell at each other at three o'clock oh me me and a couple of my friends were triangulating we're just making sure that your door opens and swings quietly and everything so we can come back later on Yeah, that, oh. that I, I don't think I ever felt confident enough in my charm to be like, hey, real quick, I'm just going to go do a somersault in your living room and come back and try and sell you $200 worth of books. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, the most fun I ever had with my brother was that uh, we'd pretend he was like a mute. Or we'd pretend he was like a only Spanish. Wait, we partners? Are you guys going out together? Uh, yeah, he followed me a couple times where I followed him. He, he sold. And so, he, in fact, he's still selling. But uh, we... Whenever I'd follow him, I'd be like, uh, "Hey, this time we're gonna just pretend like you don't speak English." So I'm just gonna translate, <laughs> and I just say some bullshit, <laughs> and so he'd be like, oh. and he'd say the sales talk back, and like, so the reason that he's been sitting there with all the families here, and you know, whatever Vermont, um, it was a blast. I mean, that was you know a, a way to kind of just mess around with it. One time we pretended that uh, he and Mark Rouse one that taught us this one, but we tried it. I'm like he's uh but this is Danny. He's been talking to all the families. He's a mute, so I'm here to translate like to like speak for on his behalf. But he's sitting there with all the families, and the lady'd be like, and just like Mark Rouse said what happened, she she was like, Oh, we're not interested. I'm like, ma'am, he's uh not deaf, he's mute. So you can just, you know. And she'd be like, Oh, okay, do you have a card? She'd be like, Card, and we're like, uh no, he's like, just no. So we'd get back in the car, they'd watch us get back in the car, and as we were gonna go back in the car, he'd be like, Have a nice day. And we just get in the car and just go to the next house. So it's ways to have fun, but man, that's pretty good. You're you're a gnomes thing, man. That's next level, bro. Take that one away, yeah. Did you uh <laughs> I imagine if you were out there four summers, like you had some some like hubbies chase you down and tell you not to come back or or some some yeah. run-ins with people who weren't too stoked about you being around? Shotguns, especially when I was in upstate New York. That was Shotguns. really when I really got the- oh yeah. I mean, Oof. I knocked on the door, turned sideways, and you just hear and you just like, hey, I'm just selling <laughs> books, man. Like I don't. I'm like, a mute. Uh, Hold on, I'm gonna do a cartwheel. <laughs> then I'll tell you why I'm here. It's three fifty-five. Is it three o'clock? Let me do the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the. Uh, what do you want? You know, Shotgun. we don't buy. We don't talk to people like you. We're like, all right. I, I remember a guy saying, like, a guy who wouldn't open the door. And I kept. I was just kept persisting. I knew there was no kids there, but I was like, this is fun. So I kept knocking. Like, it was a screen door. I could see him. And I remember on my last knock, he went, honey, call the damn 9-11. And I just never heard it phrased that way. And I still say that all the time. But call the but damn 9-11. That, but here's what's funny about that. Here's what's really funny about it. He said 9-11, not knowing what that was going to mean in a couple of months. You're really hung up on this Twin Tower thing, man. <laughs> no, man. Listen, the last thing that happened. No, man, because you... listen, dude, 9-11. You take the numerology of those numbers. That's right. You went to checkout, and then the next month, shit happened. I mean, that wasn't even the books you sold. There's people with books that you sold them that don't have that in the history of. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> now it's in the now it's in all the my movies. reference books eventually became out of date. I want a that's, refund. That's right. Um <laughs> okay, all right, hold on. So I'm keeping an eye on the time because I know you got some stuff that you gotta get to. So I wanna I wanna get make sure I get a ponytail from you. Like your you've been telling me some fun stories, but I want to hear like your favorite story from this sure. experience. Good, bad, ugly. Sure. It's not too long, but this is my favorite one. This is another line that I still use. So it was like you still <laughs> Oh, we didn't even talk about what you're up to now. Hang on. If it's not very long, if it's not very long, I want to hear what you're doing now because it's like what? sure. So you so, pick the uh, order you want to go in. Yeah. So I've been important for the last like uh four years. Before that, I was in Asia, I was in Korea and Taiwan and China for six years teaching. And now I'm still working with them, Banyan Global Learning, doing uh like doing making videos for audio video stuff for them. So I make like the stories they have in the books into audio stories, or we made a lot of music videos for teaching kids English. And you're, doing, you're selling books still? No, 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 no. I'm just providing content you're creating. for books. Creating the books. <laughs> you're creating content for people who sell books. Well, I mean, it's, it's the books. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, making like music videos and songs for kids learning learning English. And I'm doing a lot of improv here in Portland. If you want to come to my show this Friday, brother, you can come yeah. along and see you us. You do comedy, like improv comedy? Yeah. So no I was going to say earlier, way. I probably know some of the people who you are working with. You know Zane Thomas at all? Are you doing, have you done much yeah, out here? Yeah, uh, um, I don't know him, but I know him personally, but he's been on mics that I've been at. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of open micers and uh, Emily June. I know she does a lot of stand up uh, too. She yeah. does a lot of open mics. There was a uh, uh, what's her name, uh, black woman. She's phenomenal. I I, I thought she did some stand up. Amani. Amani. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's really good. good. I did. Yeah, I did. We did good. like a set with her a while ago at a bar that ended up shutting down like the week after. Yeah, we she was like top comic in Portland this last year. Was voted top comic in Portland or something. Like yeah, she does the pass the mic with kickstand comedy, which is yeah, what she's we really do. Good. Yeah. Well, this oh, Friday, hey, bro. we should, we should, yeah, I'm there. Just, oh, well, I have family over this, but you know what? Either oh! way, Listen, either way, we're well, doing comedy. So, I mean, so Instagram, yeah. group shower. That's our group, group shower PDX. So, that's us. Check us out. All y'all listeners, all y'all booksellers. Yeah. Group shower okay, PDX. So spelled just like group, spelled just like shower. PDX. You got it. And then PDX. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that's, cool. and that, and then Shady Pines Radio is a, is a radio station in town like a independent radio station that yeah nice that uh i do a radio show with every week i just finished my 100th episode so give it up for milestones baby yeah (laughs) we'll take a break for a bit um yeah it's called the soju hour with poor boy that's sundays at four Uh Uh, yeah can people go visit your website and stuff or check yeah, that well, out? ShadyPinesRadio.com is like where everything is. It's not my website. It's the website of the station. But Sundays at 4 Pacific, that's when I do my show. Cool. And that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome, and man. Thank you very much, man. And I'm sure, like, yeah, we should keep in contact because I want to see you do your comedy thing. I want you to see me do my comedy thing. Do you want to go get a beer after this? I do. I got oh, rehearsal right now. Uh, wait, what do you, that's for fine. her, what do you, what do you offer? For, for improv? improv, yeah. You rehearse for improv. Isn't that like the antithesis of improv? <laughs> My boy, there's much to learn. No, there's there's a lot to do. There's a lot of 
stuff to do. Wait, it's not just learn me. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, these are people who all sold books, and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in the spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. On, on a note from a, I'm trying to think like if I was, if I was looking into this and I, for people who are listening who might be like, Hey, this actually, I want to learn more about this. What's the barrier to entry? Like maybe I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I would, that sounds cool, but I don't know shit about insurance. Like I, why would I want to go talk to people? Yeah. The, the barriers to entry, I think are really pretty low. Uh, everybody would probably have a different opinion, but in terms of just be able to get out the door and go, sell, you've got to, you've got to get a license. I have my life and health license because you needed the health license at Family Heritage, or if you want to sell Medicare products or certain types of health products, right. you have to have the health side. But what it takes to get either one or both of those licenses is roughly the same. You take a study course, you may need to study for 15 hours, you may need to study as many as 30 hours. But like with Cardinal, we've got a, a, a pretty cool course from studying to getting your license can can be as quick as like seven to 10 days if you really 15 to 20 if you're moving at a medium pace and beyond that if it takes you longer than that you're just not really all that motivated to start because it's yeah. not a difficult process yo let's get off schedule one last time go watch a movie or maybe you should figure out how to work at nlight energy alex black is crushing it down there and a former dsm julio hernandez are both running this company and man they are cranking 10 people on their team and growing it's enough that uh Alex only has to sell like one thing every other week and make over six figures. So if you want to learn more about that and maybe help change the planet, click on the link below. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. Learn me about this. I don't know. I, I, sure. I've never. So just so for people know, comedy has many different branches. One is stand up, which is like pre-planned, written out jokes. And another is obviously improv. I always yeah. say improv is just like show up and do your thing. What are you rehearsed? Well, just like stand-up comedy, I'm just sort of a lot of like tenets to it. Like with comedy, generally you don't just like tell funny stories that happen. You sort of set up a premise of like you relate to the audience. Hey, this is kind of a strange thing, right? It's as if da da da, and then that's when you create. What's the, the matter with cell phones or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so the same with improv, like the the setting your base reality so people know where you are, knowing what kinds of ideas you can follow. And we do long form mm -hmm. improv. It's not like uh, whose lines is it anywhere, like short form games. It's like long form. So usually a half hour and there's many different formats you can do like a Herald, which is like, you, do, you know, you do a scene, 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 then you do a break and then you do three scenes that are analogous to that one. And then you do another group game and then you do a third montage. There's a lot of things. Is it a lot of crowd work? Sorry. I'm just like, really? No. I mean, I love it. So how do you? Uh, okay. I understand. This is sweet. no, you don't. You just want me to stop. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So it's kind of like Second City in a way where you're like, it, it's like you're responding to the other people on stage rather than the audience is, is how, yeah. how you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's your, yeah, yeah. So say more yeah. right now. Say Please say more. I want to hear more about this. I'm a comedy about supporter. Improv? Yeah. Sure. So the two like main schools in Portland that are doing improv are Curious Comedy 
and kickstand comedy, both of which do a lot of stand-up too, if you ever want to check those out. Yeah. So I've I've gone through the program at at uh kickstand, and they're they're a bit more up and coming in Portland. Like they they've got everything going for them, like a, just a good philosophies, good crew. They just don't have a place yet. Curious comedy's been around since like 2009, so a little longer. They've got a beautiful space on MLK Boulevard, right by the Trailblazers uh um, center. Boys and Girls Center. But yeah. Like they're they're um, oh. I think there's some there's some struggling going on with like the infrastructure. I think uh, I don't know. They just have like less shows and less opportunities for people to perform. You said 2009, so eight years after 9/11. <laughs> yeah, to put it in perspective, all y'all, eight years after 9/11. Got it, got it, you got it. An eight-year-old after 9/11. Got it, got it. Just there making sure go. we're on the same page. <laughs> Say more about 9/11, Lucas. Uh, uh, but yeah, there, there are two schools that teach mostly improv, but they also do sketch and stand up. And uh, with Curious Comedy, we do we do shows with them like once a month or so. And with Kickstand, we're doing our first show with them Friday, my group and I. Um, and we're getting better. We're looking forward to it. We're just looking for more opportunities to perform. And it's it's been fun, man. It's uh, This is something that I've stuck with for a while and I've gotten better at it. I've seen myself grow, which I really like. I used to think I just wasn't very good at it, but that's because I never tried too hard it went beyond like intro classes sure so it's a good time and plus everything at the beginning is hard anyway so might as well just go for it i always felt really good in the beginning like i do i do real well at the part that like i used to kind of like charm and fake your way through and then when you actually had to learn about it i would like just turn away mm. but not this time but check That's it out so man cool. I, I definitely was to yeah, you no, i'm coming Right on. This Friday, what time? What time this Friday? Maybe I can figure out a way to. This Friday at seven p.m. at the Honey Latte Cafe, uh, which is down like down, uh, like the inner southeast. I'm on Twelfth and Hawthorne. I know we're talking about. Oh yeah, right by the the uh, Hawthorne Asylum food courts. Yeah, I'm at I'm at uh, I'm, you're right I'm there. Half of, I can probably kick a soccer ball from here to there. Right uh, on. Because I play soccer. Yeah, I'm, we're like at the north quarter of Lads Edition, just next to Upper Left by TNT. Yes, exactly, yeah, man. That's that's where I'm at right now. Um, that's awesome. I'll be. Right I'll on. try to make it there. Uh, I have family here, so I could try to make it out there. So maybe we can literally make it right there. Amy just put it in the chat. That's right by your house. That's literally right by my house. <laughs> um, Hi, Amy. Um, dude, that's so cool. I mean, I, I let's connect after this because I want to get more involved in this community, right? I want to get more involved in this in this comedy scene and, and good find community, a way to man. work here. Yeah, right I know the people are really great. Some of the mics are not, but it is. I bet. Is, you know? I've I've been to like the open mic at Kelly's Olympian a few times, and yeah. I've been like, whoa, they let anybody anybody. Here, <laughs> By the way, great wings at Kelly's Olympian. Cool really, nice little I, dive. Well, it's not a best, dive, but you know what I'm saying. What would you say the best wings in Portland? Uh, honest, it, they don't longer have them. Everybody thinks Fire in the Mountain. That's not true. Fire in the Mountain's wing size are like my, they're like Tic Tac wings. Whale wings, so, yeah. The so uh, up until recently they got rid of them, so I don't even know what I would say now. But before it was a place called Loyal Legion on uh, like uh, it's in the it's north of Burnside, like on it's Beer Hall, like Seventh and I think that's Burnside, right next to that. Is the place gone um, or the wings are gone? The wings that no longer serve wings, but the wings, dude, the, the size, that chicken must have done squats or like <laughs> bench press because there was a lot yeah. of meat per wing. What I used to do, actually, New Seasons has the Fire in the Mountain sauces on it. Mm. Uh, oh, really? They, they sell the sauces. So what I would do is just, I would just get the wings from Loyal Legion, go buy the New Season sauce, bring them home, throw a little bit of them on them, throw them on the air fryer for like five minutes, get them real crispy, 
oh bro that was nice that move. was the move I like yeah that. but then the loyal legion stopped carrying them and i was like this is some bullshit so now Tricky. i don't know what do you think the best wings are it's tough, man. I know this is not very popular, but like if you're if you like them bulky, I mean Buffalo Wild Wings serves them very, but they're very hit or miss, but they're they're very bulky there. I'm gonna uh, try again. As a Portlander, that? you can't. As a Portlander, you can't give me a chain name. But tell me somewhere that's better than. I I don't know. The Kelly's Olympian wings are pretty good. I will say they're they're nice. Okay. If you haven't had them, they're they actually meat. I I to me a wing has to have meat. The, the fire in the mountain wings are so small, dude. I agree. Twenty four of them for thirty dollars, and you're still hungry. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm enough into this where I don't have any shame saying, look, you have to at least respect the Buffalo Wild Wings ones. However, if I'm trying to be Portland, if I'm trying to say I know a place that no one else knows, if I'm trying to per- perpetrate that yeah. way, there's a yeah. yeah yeah we are. Then there's a there's a place called Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's Sports Bar. It's on Multnomah. It's in Multnomah Village. And okay. the flavor is nothing special, but they're 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 big and meaty and like they're just good. They're they're, they're good everything. The, the consistency is good, kind of crispy, but I don't think they're not breaded. They're big. They're just they're good. Kind of plain, but Dude. nothing fancy. But man, like during Wing Week, I went everywhere and I was like, these are disappointing. Trash. Yeah, they're not good. Also, you know what's really disappointing? And we probably lost everybody listening to this episode. This one. Fuck but you know what's yeah, fuck them. It's our episode. Um, uh, the hamburgers here are not good. I mean, and I'm listen. I come from Nebraska, so maybe I'm a little bit. It's kind of like going to try to c- get kombucha in like Austin. What they think kombucha is, you know what I'm okay. saying? It's just I just come from a place where some of the best burgers in the world literally come from because it's yeah. just got amazing steaks. So and beef, and so I come from Nebraska, and I get here, and I'm like, the I have not had a burger in Nebraska in Portland, but I'm like, this is. Oh really? In the ballpark of greatness, because See, I think Nebraska like, has some, oof, some with burgers. with wings and gyros. I'm very, I'm very picky. Gyros. I'm I'm picky. Like man, this just doesn't cut it. This does burgers. Like I there. If if this is the worst burger, and this is the best burger, the amount of burgers in that cascade that I would eat is very wide. So sure. I like I like burgers better than pizza because among the worst burgers i'll still eat those i still like them so i'm not quite as um a picky asshole on that yeah i am because i came from but i i trust you my palate my palate is just too too refined in the burger space i got you let it i'll 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 let them get away with pizza here because pizza's pizza but the burgers i have high standard um all right Right do you got a favorite uh, burger then uh in portland or in general In, in portland yeah um, the best burger I had McDonald's has the fire burger. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jack okay. in the box. The, the Burgerville. Uh, <laughs> talk about Portland. Um, I think the best burger I've had so far, because um, they have a lot of smash burgers here. For, it's kind of like their thing here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, a way to sell you less meat uh, for more money. Yeah, there's a joint on like uh, Stark and Eleventh that has like a it's like a food truck. Uh, for bang for buck, that was probably my favorite burger I've had so far. Which Portland. you mean the Smash Brother, the Smash Burger one? Yeah, the Smash I live right I live on Stark. That, that cart. Yeah. Oh, in that yeah, little that in that right. little parking lot. Yeah, there's like a little cart. There's a bunch of graffiti stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Stark and what? Like Stark and Caesar Chavez. Oh, so you're a little more east. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Dope. Drive through there all the time. Awesome, man. Hey, we got to go catch some beers. Even if it's not tonight, we'll go. I, I'll try to make it to your show this Friday, but um, take it. But yeah, 
Yeah, man. Um, all right. Okay. Now you can give me your ponytail. Let's just do this because sure. you got a jet here in yeah. a couple minutes. So I dig this one. So it's like beginning of sunset. You know, we're talking five o'clock or so. I'm in a pretty shit part of town. Climb up on this porch and there's a there's an old man, you know, not old man. He's probably like early 50s or so sitting on the sitting on the porch. And he just looks destitute, dirty white tank top, dirty shorts, open sores on his legs, just like a, a glaze, glazed over look, ratty, ratty hair. And I do my thing. You know, I don't even remember the approach, but like quickly I suss out. There's there's no kids here to sell books to. So you got this? No, you got that? Okay. Well, you mind if I sit down for a bit? So I sit down on the porch because like I, I'm just feeling done. And he told me, Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. you gotta get you gotta be watching this on YouTube. <laughs> so I <laughs> this is so the I, first. We've seen yeah, a said, nipple on this show <laughs> now. This is great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking to him a bit and he says. Why don't you come by later? We'll get us uh, the 24 pack. And that's what I was like. I don't feel comfortable here. I was like, do you live alone here? He said, we'll be alone. And I was like, I don't really want to hang out. He said, and this is the best part. He said, you come back later. We can celebrate. I said, celebrate what? And he said, everything. And I was like, man, what a line. What a line, brother. And uh I I kind of did that Homer Simpson, like just disappeared through the through the bushes thing. I got real creeped out by it with good for good reason. But that line good intuition. Man, yeah, good intuition. That line of come back later and we'll celebrate, celebrate what? Everything. I was like, fuck, I'm keeping that one, man. I like that. <laughs> When's the last time you used that? That like it served you. My wife. I know my wife's sister. You're you're married? <laughs> nah. nah. I'm married to the open road, my brother. That's great. Do you ever okay, last question? Do you ever do you ever tell people about that this per, that you did this thing and they're just like, what the actual fuck, Lucas? Like I, I mean, the, as as deep as I generally will go into it is like I'll mention when I sold books door to door, and then they're they're like what? Like no one does that, and I, I generally don't go too much into into detail of it because it's usually like on my way to say something. But uh, I used to more like when it was more part of like what I had kind of recently done. I would tell people about it. Uh, just right after nine eleven. Just after nine eleven, I remember on nine eleven when I could when I saw all the news stations on there. I remember thinking, guys, we got to stay positive. Got to stay po- alert, alive. What are the polite, three positives? What are the three positives? Could yeah. have been more guys, buildings. Laugh at the world. Laugh at the world. That's what OG Mandino says. <laughs> well, I think could have been more buildings. At least it wasn't a train. And uh, at least I wasn't on the plane. Right there. <laughs> that reminds me of the Anthony Feel Jeselnik. Feel the neck, shake a leg. The what? Are you, are you Anthony Jeselnik fan? Yeah. <laughs> he has a bit that's like, oh, did you guys know my mom was supposed to be on the one of the planes that hit the World Trade Center, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Anthony. Oh, Anthony. Oh man. Hey, uh, why don't we just wrap it up here? What do you think? I, we'd love to have Let's you back it. on at some point to just shoot the shit, talk some more about some funny stories. But I don't know if you have that many to tell. I would hope that you did. Um, hopefully, we didn't get to all of them. 
and then we can have you back on here for some more fun. If you yeah, if you start getting desperate for more content of people who sold just over two decades ago, then I'm your man. <laughs> we if we if we're really short in that 2001 pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, hey man, this has been a blast. I really appreciate you being on here. And uh, listen, it's a it's a refreshing take, and it's 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 good to hear from uh, someone who has a perspective that you have of your experience because it, it wasn't all negative, it wasn't all positive, and really that's that. probably. That's probably true for everyone, right? We've we've had people on here who were still drinking the Kool-Aid, probably snorting it. And we've had people on here who (laughs) had a lot more negative stuff to say uh, than you did. But that's their – honestly, it's their experience, and we can't invalidate that. So if this is how it went for you, I'm happy that that was was what you experienced. Uh, It turns out that – it sounds like you had had a lot of takeaway from it. But looking back on it, there's things that maybe would have been different if you had known better. So thank you for sharing that, and thank you for being open about that. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Andres. Yes. Mucho gusto. Lucas Salazar. Yeah. By the way, is was it really Thane or was it Zane with the lisp? Thane was my was my field manager. Zane is the comedian I just told you about. Okay. But the Thane, what he didn't have a lisp. It was actually it was Thane. Thane. Yeah. T H A Y N E. I asked him and he declined to to have me give you his information about to be on the podcast. Oh, that's totally cool. Some people are never going to want to even be near us with a 10-foot stick or a times. That's what Robert Hicks would say. Guys, after I'll tell you about this, you're going to think it's the best thing in the world. You're not going to want to touch about the 10-foot pole. That's exactly – that sounds like an info session right there. All right, guys. My name is Andres Gamboa. I've been with Lucas Alasar. Thank you so much. Go check out some of his Instagram. Go follow him on uh, – can you throw it back up there on the on, on the screen, Amy? Uh, Group Shower PDX if you guys want to follow Amy. and support another book, man. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode, 202. If you haven't yet checked out 200 of our favorite porn shows, please go check that out. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Love y'all.